Hi, everyone. This is Helena Hart. Welcome back to the Master Your Magnetism podcast. Today, I'm so excited to introduce Diana Mandel to my audience. She's an international dating and relationship expert, speaker, and author who specializes in helping women, men, and couples find and keep healthy, sustainable relationships. So welcome, Diana. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. We have a great topic for everybody today. We're going to be talking about some of the inner work that's necessary in order to attract the right person for you or really improve every relationship in life, whether it be friendships, work relationships, family relationships. These tools work in all areas. I'm really looking forward to this topic. It's just so needed out there. And I did want to mention that you have a new book that just came out this year. I'm going to include a link to that. So that'll be the first link in the show notes. If anyone wants to go check that out, we'll talk a little more about that at the end. My audience here on my podcast is mostly women. So if a woman comes to you and she's having a problem attracting the right person, or maybe she's having some difficulties in her relationship, where do you typically start with your clients? I start with a past history. I like to take a look at what relationships have worked well in the past, what haven't worked well. I like to look at what kind of child they were how they were raised, it kind of all makes sense, right? It's a string of a story that makes total sense. And I like to go deeper and I like to get a real sense of who this person is, where they came from, what's stopping them from getting what they want. They're enough, but we need to figure out exactly what is the gaps and holes that we need to fill in to show up differently, to be the most attractive person that you can be internally to then be the most attractive person to men externally. I love it. And I believe you have a background in psychology or social work or something like that. Is that right? Yes. I have an undergraduate degree in psychology and a graduate degree in psychotherapy. I love starting with this inner work. I think it's so important. Of course, there are things that we could give you to say to a guy, for example, that might help, but often it's putting a Band-Aid on the situation. If deep down a woman doesn't feel worthy of having a great relationship or she's acting out of old wounds or childhood trauma, do you tend to start with healing some of those things before having someone go out and try to date, for example? I do. And I created a need for some system to kind of put this all in a box because there's just so much, as you can imagine. And we all have trauma. It comes up in different ways. It shows in different ways. So I created what I call the emotional shifting process. And there's three pieces to it. Healing, revealing, and transforming. I geek out on what's holding people back. And I figured out what I call emotional DNA. I'm creating community for people to figure out what theirs are and what to do about it. And it's essentially a byproduct of our past and what we've been through. It's like cause and effect. So this happened to me. So this is what essentially gets spit out. And some of it we know and some of it we don't. And even what we do know, we don't necessarily see how it affects us, where it comes up, where it doesn't come up. And so this allows us to be more self-aware. And once we see it and can do better, we do better. So it's really about being aware and understanding of where patterns come up and what we're saying, what we're doing that's keeping us stuck. And it's all internal stories that we tell ourselves from old, outdated, painful places So once we're able to heal, and we'll talk more about being fully healed and the whole myth of that in just a few minutes. Yes. Right? So once we're able to 
understand a lot more of who we are. We don't feel so afraid of ourselves. There's so much more self-trust when I know my strengths and I enhance those things and I know what my weaknesses are and I work through those. It doesn't feel so threatening and scary. So healing is the first piece. Revealing is really you leading with authenticity. So now that we know what's holding ourselves back and what we can do about it, we're now revealing a new version of ourselves and really for the first time showing who we are without a mask or without being something that we think we should be, right? Without Mm -hmm. this heartbreak and abuse and mistreatment that we've had. And it's not to bulldoze over those things because they're certainly very relevant, very important, and we want to validate it, but we don't want to sit in it and stay in it and have these emotional chains, let's say, around us that cause us to do and not do certain things that don't even really feel aligned with us. It's almost Mm -hmm. thinking about who you'd be without that trauma that you've been through. How would you show up? What kind of version of you would everyone get to see? So it's not fair to you or to any people that are currently in your life or who are not yet in your life. And that could be socially as well, not just necessarily romantically and even professionally, frankly. So it's any kind of relationship we have where all this stuff just shows up there, right? Yeah. I see that a lot. People wear their trauma like a badge or it becomes part of their identity. Like I'm just the person who's unlucky in love, or I'm the person who attracts losers and narcissists. I'm a magnet for those kind of guys. And it just perpetuates the cycle. So yeah, I see that all the time. And I was one of those people and I had this mantra and belief about myself because I've been through a lot of trauma that I was too damaged to be loved by anyone. Mm. So I was in these sort of crappy relationships with these dudes and it's like, well, yeah, of course, because my inner talk, my inner conversation with myself was like, you're not going to get anyone that great. You're damaged. There's something wrong with you. As if we're broken and we need to be fixed. It doesn't work that way. That's not what's happening. It's just, again, a byproduct of what you've been through, which most of the time is not even our fault, but we take on these emotions and this emotional residue attached to these things we've been through. And it really kind of shifts everything about ourselves, what we think of ourselves, what we think of the world and love. And we show up that way. And like you said, we look for band-aids. We look for temporary quick fix solutions as opposed to really healing ourselves and doing the deeper work, which is scary to do. But it's also in some sense more scary to use a guy or a career or a cool car or pretty clothes or whatever we use to try to cover over what we think is really yucky. You know, it's almost like a painting that's like really beautiful and we kind of just try to throw a couple extra colors on to make it look prettier. It's like, no, but it was really beautiful. We didn't need to do that. Mm. So we try to overcompensate, especially as women. You know, I need to be more feminine. I need to be more pretty. I need to wear this type of clothing. I need to have my nails. I'm like, you don't need to do that if that's not you. We try to fit in these boxes and do what we think we're supposed to do or do what we feel like we've been told to do, whatever it is, but that's not being us. And guys feel that inauthentic version of ourselves. It's almost like how we talk about salespeople, that there's a stereotype that they're just kind of icky. It's like, right, because they're trying to sell something that generally they don't really care about. So it feels yucky. It feels out of alignment versus someone who's selling something they feel really passionate about. It feels good. It makes sense, right? Like if you're selling pasta sauce and you're obsessed with it, it makes sense that you're like, oh my God, you put on so many different things, you know, and you just feel that passion from someone because they love what they're selling versus someone that doesn't. It's the same idea. If you're not being your authentic self, it just feels ick. And a lot of guys, kind of like women tend to be more emotionally aligned. So we can pick things out a little bit better at times than men can. 
So they don't necessarily know what it is. They just know something doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Right? They can't quite put their finger on it, but they can tell you're doing something in order to affect them in some way. And I'm so glad you brought up that thing about feminine energy. For example, a lot of women think being feminine means you need to be girly and perky and upbeat. And that is not what it is at all. That's <laughs> not where it's at. It's about being your most authentic self, getting in touch with your heart and your emotions and your true desires often and being able to reveal that, like you said, that's what is going to make you super attractive to the right person for you, whether it's this man you're dealing with right now or someone who's a million times better for you, right? Yeah. And oftentimes as women, we're so hard both on ourselves and just in general, we try to create this protective layer around us. And I call most women M&Ms where we're hard on the outside and all mush on the inside. Guys want to see the M&M basically be inverted, mm -hmm. you know, where the mush is there. That's what in some sense being feminine is. It's gotten a little out of hand, you know, in terms of the feminine stuff. It's just gotten blown up and twisted in some way. It's more so about you being vulnerable and in touch with your emotions and your feelings. And that's where we block out a lot of the pain that we've been through. That's where that outer shell, that M&M yeah comes into place so when we're able to go through this emotional shifting process that almost naturally happens for you where you don't have to think, okay, I need to be feminine right now. Like, what does that mean? That's obviously not <laughs> you being authentic, right? Which yes. is all about what being feminine is, is authenticity. So you're trying to be something that you're not or flip on a switch or like turn some sort of thing on. Like we're not machines, we're humans. So when you're able to do this healing work, you're able to reveal who you truly are and do the transformation work, which is the third piece of this, which is really creating accountability to sustain this new way of thinking and being. It's being more empowered and more aligned and more clarified, frankly. So there's action steps and certain new tools to help you not revert back to those old familiar patterns. Right. It's so true. And I think the stronger you are on the inside, the more secure you feel within yourself. That's what allows you to be soft and vulnerable and warm and open on the outside. That's what allows people to come in and get close to you. I think, like you said, a lot of people have these walls up and not that it's their fault. It's like we build these walls around us because we think that's going to protect us and then no one can really get close to us. And then if you're single and dating, that's where you see people maybe coming on strong for a little while. But if they can't see who you truly are, eventually they'll just kind of give up and fade away. And often they don't even realize it. They just that desire to come closer to you sort of gets diminished. So I think it's so important. Yeah, let's talk a little more about this third piece of this. Yeah, so it's in some sense, the most important piece, right? So you can do the healing work, you can do the real reveal of yourself when you're really having authenticity in a way that you never had. But then if you're not doing the maintenance piece of this, it's all going to go away. Just like I could drop the quote unquote perfect guy in your lap, but if you don't know how to keep the relationship, it almost doesn't matter. It's the same concept. So we need to put certain things in place, certain markers based on this relationship DNA that we have where we have these certain factors about ourselves and these really are the byproducts of the things that we've been through that show up that if we don't do this work and become more regimented and wanting to be proactive, right? Like maintenance is sexy is what I say. That's when we default back. And that's where actually being fully healed isn't actually a thing. There is no done or destination. You can feel like you've done all of the work possible. 
and you're in the best place ever. But if you stop, which people often will do for even just a couple months, you'll revert back to the old version of you that's been created and conditioned. So we need to create new patterns because let's say for argument's sake, you're 30 and we start to create constructs of ourselves around six years old, but for easy numbers, let's just call you 10. So that's 20 years of damage in a couple months. It just doesn't weigh, you know what I mean? It doesn't outweigh. So when you look at the sort of seesaw approach, 20 years versus a couple months, just isn't going to do it. This is a Mm. practice. It's a lifestyle. It's not a race to the finish line. There is no finish line. We want to just wake up one day and be like, oh my God, I think I'm fully healed. We (laughs) want that so badly. And I get it. I have been there as well, but it doesn't happen. And I equate self-development to fitness. So think about I need to lose 50 pounds and I work hard and I work out and I eat well and I'm consistent and I lose the 50 pounds. I feel great. I look great. It's awesome. I can't now go back to not eating as well, not going to the gym because the problem becomes you gain the weight back. And then oftentimes people because of self-sabotage, because they're so upset that they did all this work and felt so great and now they don't, that they'll even gain extra weight back. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept just with anything else in our life, to grow and to be the best version of ourselves means this needs to be an ongoing practice. It's not something to do every once in a while, nor is it something to do almost like a 911 situation where you're doing really great, you don't do the work anymore, let's say, and you put it down and something happens and you're like, oh my God, I need all that stuff back. You know, It doesn't happen like that either. It doesn't just sort of flood back for you. When you have that consistency, the ebbs and flows of life, the ups and downs, you're able to kind of like bob in the water with them and not be going like boing, boing, up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, you're able to navigate that a lot easier and a lot better, but we have to be intentional about it. And that's where a lot of people aren't willing or wanting to do the work. So true. And I definitely want to talk about this fully healed myth. I know we were chatting a little yesterday when we were preparing for what we wanted to talk about today. I think a lot of people think that they need to be fully healed or fully recovered from the last heartbreak or something like that before putting themselves out there or they kind of use it to keep themselves apart from what they actually want. They use it to sort of sabotage themselves when no one is really fully healed, like you said. So I do want to talk about that in a second. But do you have an example? I love giving real life examples of someone or a type of person that comes to you with a certain issue and what you would do to take them through this process? Like if someone keeps attracting emotionally unavailable men or avoidant men or something like that? Yeah. And I think we've all been some version of this, including myself. I had yeah. my own coaching program when I was younger. Me too. Um, I was like a total <laughs> shit magnet. So again, anyone listening, you're not by yourself. We all have to be doing this work. There's not a single person on this earth that just walks around and is like, you know, I'm good. I don't need to do any self-development work. I'm just amazing. I know exactly who I am. It doesn't work that way. So realize you're not alone. And this is just part of the process. It's not about do we like it, do we not like it, do we want to do it? It's kind of really a non-negotiable, right? If you really want to be high quality and live a high quality life, you need to be doing things that other people aren't. And that just naturally has you stand out from other people, frankly. So we want to start with where these constructs came from. And it's not as if we want to stay there. I think oftentimes with self-development, we kind of just try to over and over like rip the wound open. We don't need to stay in that place. We want to just kind of touch there. We want to visit there, right? We don't want to live there. We want to visit So we want to take a look at where did these ideas 
that you've created for yourself, this story, this narrative, and we seem to just find proof of these different feelings and thoughts that we have, just like I'm too damaged to be loved by people, and I just created that for myself because I'd had a lot of trauma, and not that, oh, I've had a lot of trauma, this has been really difficult for me, I truly deserve to find happiness, considering the fact that a lot of my own happiness as a child was robbed from me, I so am deserving of finding something great, and not just a man, but a life that makes me happy and then inviting a man into that. We almost don't give ourselves that permission, especially as women. We try to be superwoman and we try to be everything to everyone all the time. And just because we can do multiple things at once as women doesn't mean that we should. So again, a lot of it is about looking at our past and looking at certain situations and experiences that we've had. Again, we don't wanna live there, we just wanna visit there and take a look at what happened, how did we get to where we are now and where are those gaps and holes and what do we need to do to kind of fill in those gaps and holes so they're not continually creating the same problems that we have. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. If you're trying and things aren't working, something needs to change. We know that, right, generally, but we don't know what needs to change. Mm -hmm. So the question really becomes, what is keeping you from not having the result that you want? And it could be more than just men. It often is a bigger picture than that. And a lot of it is this inner work. Let's use relationship residue, for example. If you were in a past relationship, sometimes the actual emotion of the guy himself is something that we hold on to, but oftentimes it's not. And we think, oh, we're not hung up on that guy anymore, so we're fine. It's the residue. It's the aftermath of the relationship that matters. Oftentimes we don't take enough time to think about what kind of guys have I attracted? What type of partner have I been? We just don't reflect because we're in this kind of move, go forward, autopilot type of mentality, especially as women. We're just all over the place trying to get a million things done, trying to help everyone, you know, that superwoman type of quality. And we end up kind of cutting our nose off despite our face, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need to slow down and take a look at, like I said, it's a byproduct, the pain that's caused from the things that we've been through and where it shows up in different parts of our lives. So a lot of it is just taking like an inventory of our life and validating what we've been through while also deciding upon action and what needs to happen. And that's where the individualization comes into play. There isn't a one size fits all. So just like in clothing, I mean, there are some, but it doesn't necessarily work. There's no one size fits all approach. Everyone needs to kind of have their own blueprint of what they need to work on. Some things are obviously universal, but some things are not. And it gets more specific and granular. So that's where we need to stay is figuring out what's stopping you from getting what you want. Generally, it's an internal construct, an idea that's false that we've been told through the years. And then we look for proof that that's true, even if it's damaging. And that's the lens that we look through, whatever that may be. And we're kind of stuck in this survival mode. And until we're able to be at peace with ourselves and really have that kind of healed process, again, within reason, there is no mm -hmm. fully healed, but be the best version of ourselves, until or unless we do that, we're not going to find the things that we want and we're going to be in inauthentic situations, which not only allows us to kind of abandon ourselves emotionally, it also doesn't allow us to understand someone else because they're not being genuine with you either, even if they don't realize that they're not, because mm -hmm. you're not being 
authentic to yourself internally, they're not being authentic, which also means it's going to take you that much longer to find out if this is a good guy or not. So true. I see that all the time. I love everything you said there. And then what I see, and of course, we've all been there, myself included, is you go out there from that place and then you start to develop beliefs about the kind of men that are out there based on what you're experiencing. Like I hear a lot of people say there are just no good men out there anymore. All the good men are taken. No guy wants to commit. All men just want sex. I hear all kinds of things out there when there are also a ton of women getting everything they want in their love lives, no matter what age they're at, what weight they're at, what their professional situation is or where they live. I love seeing women in my community actually do this work and then quickly start attracting everything they want in all areas of life. So I think this is really important. I know we wanted to touch on the fact that I think a lot of women in my community or who listen to these podcasts are stuck in what I call the healing trap or the self-help trap or the personal development trap, where they often turn inward on themselves and they think that they must have an endless amount of healing to do. Let me give you an example. Let's say they're out there dating and a guy shows up and he's not fully stepping up or showing up consistently for her, the woman often thinks, okay, I must not be fully healed. I'm getting triggered because he's really hot and cold or inconsistent. So I need to be more feminine. I need to lean back and be more cool and let him come to me when really a lot of times it's just not the right person. This guy is just not truly interested enough or available for the kind of relationship that the woman wants, where I think once you do some of this inner work, you can actually change the kind of person you're attracted to. So let's say an unavailable guy or an avoidant guy like that shows up. She won't feel that same emotional charge or pull towards him after she's done this work. Maybe a little attraction or she can recognize it right away and go, oh, this guy's not really interested. He's not available for what I want. I'm going to keep moving forward rather than blaming herself or beating herself up or thinking she must be doing something wrong or she needs to be more feminine or more healed in order to make this guy step up. Do you see that as well? I do. And I actually can give you an example of myself with this. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through my own coaching program several years ago and I thought I was a horrible people pleaser. I had a lot of trauma. Like I said, I was very negative. I had obviously certain ideas of myself that weren't true and discounted myself. And it reflected in terms of the guys that I dated were often manipulative and just not very nice. And it was not pleasurable. And I decided to really get my shit together and focus on myself and my trauma and what I've been through and how it shows up, exactly the process that we were just talking about, kind of really breaking it down. And I thought in my head that I would have enough inner core confidence to be able to decipher which was a quote unquote good guy versus which was a quote unquote not good guy. But what actually ended up happening was, and this is funny, I did the inner work. I basically, again, became my own client, which was kind of weird. But I thought to myself, listen, if I can do this for everyone else, how would I not be able to do it for myself? Let me at least Mm -hmm. try it. So it was a little strange, obviously. But I was really able to do a lot of work. So I put myself out there more as an experiment, you know, just to kind of see what the shifts were, if there were any, and kind of document that both for myself and just for the client experience for myself. And I noticed it was actually quite interesting. So not only did I meet my husband within less than two months, which was an accident, obviously, but it shows in the quality of the work. But also when I was dating, and it was a short window, granted, but when I was dating, it wasn't what I originally thought in that, again, I thought I would have enough 
confidence and validation of myself that I would be able to kind of ward off these, you know, schmucks. It was more so that I didn't even attract those guys mm-hmm. at all. I didn't go on a single date with a guy that was emotionally unavailable, not a good guy. Every single guy I went on dates with, and I can read people pretty well, I'd hope so, with what I do for a living, none of them were not nice guys. It didn't mean that they were a good fit for me. Right. right? But I never went on a bad date where I was like, geez, guys are terrible. Every single date I went was like a pleasurable experience. And I almost wish in some ways, and I'm obviously incredibly grateful that I met my husband, but I almost wish I met him like a couple months later just to be able to kind of play with it a little bit more, right? Just like with what I do for a living. I had very little time to explore, but it was such an interesting experience and much different even than I thought. So I don't think it's even so much that we just have this ability to decipher. I think you just don't attract them because it's almost like a dog that wants to pee somewhere. It's like they're not even sniffing near you because they know like this girl's not going to allow me to, you know, get away with anything. So this isn't going to happen. Like they don't even come near you. Just like they kind of sniff you out when you are feeling a bit more fragile and you're like, where did you come from? You know, they just kind of like pop up out of nowhere. It's the same idea that there's this aura around you, this energy. And as much as we have this in sometimes a negative way where we don't feel good enough and we don't feel like we're really deserving of someone amazing, the cool part is that the opposite happens also when we do this work where you don't need to quote unquote do anything. It's all coming internally where guys are like, whoa. And the guys that are intimidating are just not ready to be in a relationship with you. But the guys that are really just like, wow, just impressed by you and want to show the best version of themselves. They see you as high quality. They want to be high quality too, Mm -hmm. right? And kind of match you there. And also too, you'll attract guys who are into self-development and want to be the best version of themselves also. There's so much mirroring that comes about. Someone who's thinking that they need to be manipulative and be an asshole to you to be in a relationship with you is someone who clearly has a lot of work to do. Right. right? Like they don't feel like they're enough. They feel like they need to basically do one over on you and kind of pull wool over your eyes. Clearly they don't feel so great about themselves. So you're like you're in the same cyclical pattern of you both not feeling enough. It just shows up differently and it kind of is that puzzle piece that connects. It's just a toxic one. So when you're able to do this inner work, you just naturally show up differently and the energy is different. So the guys that you attract are just totally different. It's, it's mm-hmm. this wild experience and it sounds a little bit woo-woo and silly, but I mean, I've seen it again with myself and several of my clients and I've seen yeah. them up level in every single part of their life too. And that just naturally happens where the approach so or the focus, right, is on finding a guy, but then the residual that happens is so much greater and bigger than that, that you feel for the first time that you're capable of doing so much more. And you see how you've discounted not just yourself from a romantic perspective, but all across the board. And all of a sudden, these women are just killing it. They've come out of hiding, basically. And they're like, let's do this. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just this different energy. And people want to be around that. Like, even other women who are wanting to better themselves want to be around that because you just have this natural energy. It just radiates. Like people want to be around people that have that type of energy and approach and ideals and thoughts. And it's not that you think you're this perfect person. It's knowing that you're not and knowing that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. It's so true. I love that you shared your personal story. I actually had a very similar experience after working with a counselor when I was finally ready to work on some things myself. I met my husband 24 hours after joining an online dating app. And we met up, I believe, 11 days after that. We were married a year later. Like It all happened very quickly once I was truly ready. And I had online dated in the past years and years ago. And the results I got were not great, very mixed. So for me personally, it was night and day after healing, working on myself, then putting myself out there, still working with that counselor in the beginning stages of dating my husband and all that stuff. It wasn't like, okay, I worked with him for three months. I'm done. You know, it was a continuous process, but it was so helpful. So I highly recommend that people get the support they need, whatever that looks like. And I know we only have two minutes left. Diana has a five month old baby and a two year old, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so happy that you took some time out of your schedule today. I'm sure it's very, very busy. I could talk to you forever about this stuff. So I would love to bring you on again. I just wanted to sort of introduce you to my community and talk about your emotional shifting process. Where can people find you and learn more about what you do? I know you have a new book that just came out this year. I'm going to include information in the show notes to that and anywhere else people can get a hold of you. Yeah. So I've got the book and that's a really great starting place where if it's scary or it's intense where you don't even know where to begin, you feel overwhelmed, that's a great place to start. You can also find me on Instagram, Diana Mandel is my handle, and on my website as well, which is also Diana Mandel. Perfect. I would love to bring you on for a live broadcast sometime where we can take callers and answer questions. I think that what you do will just resonate so deeply with my audience and my community. I just love everything you shared here today. I wish we had more time, but I'm so glad we could connect today. Any last words of wisdom on this topic or anything else before we close out? I would say, and I would love to come by the way, so we totally have to set that up. Yeah. It's really about inviting yourself to start this process. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you look like, your age doesn't matter. Just start this process. Start somewhere. It doesn't need to be this huge leap, but start somewhere and say, today is going to be the day. And it is that simple. It's scary. I know that. But make that decision today. Today is the day. Whenever you listen to this, today is the day that you make the change. You start something different, even if it's just a very small change to be a better, happier, more productive, authentic, validated version of yourself and start to see those little shifts happen. And little by little, once you see that proof happen, you're going to want to invite more in and it just becomes addictive. Oh, I love that. Yeah, just the tiniest little step outside of your comfort zone can start to shift everything in a new direction. Then you're organically led to make the best possible decision for yourself. I just love everything you shared. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for everyone listening, make sure you're following my podcast. Just click the follow button on my podcast homepage so you don't miss any of my new episodes. I have new episodes coming out every week. Thank you so much again, Diana. I really hope we can do this again soon. And please check out Diana's book and I'll include links to everything in the show notes. The biggest mistake women make when a man is hot and cold, acting distant or pulling away is something called a connection barrier, and it only pushes him further away. If you'd like to read about what a connection barrier is so you don't accidentally make it, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.